1: Welcome to Social Selling Simplified. I'm your host Ashley Shaw and in today's episode I am interviewing Connor Marriott. So what is super interesting about Connor is that he actually started learning online advertising to get new clients as a personal trainer and after seeing the benefits of what he was doing and how it was working. He had other business owners asking him how he was doing it. So he decided to start his own online advertising firm for big businesses. And through an enormous amount of data and experience, he was able to get clients spending upwards to $10,000 a day on ads, which his agency was running for them. So in today's episode, I really try to get from Connor exactly how to position yourself in the best way possible, looking at your offer, the sales process, your marketing, and then finishing it up with what is working right now on ads. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And here is my interview with Connor. Awesome. Well, Connor, thank you so much for being a guest here on Social Selling Simplified. So the first thing that I want to do is dive a little bit into your story. I know that we have in common, we both started in the fitness industry, in personal training. So can you uh, share a little bit more about how you got started into uh, marketing and what led you there?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, I did start as a personal trainer. Um, I was a personal trainer for four years. And throughout that whole time, I wanted to do more with business, whether it be open my own gym or do something completely separate but for whatever reason i just like would start something and then forget about it and start something and move to something else and that went on for a while um until one day i basically decided to pack up my bags and move halfway across the country um because i figured that if i could change my environment enough and change basically everything that i was doing i would be able to have a better chance at kind of mixing up the system and getting a result so when I was a personal trainer, I was using a bit of online advertising to get clients. Like I was doing email marketing. I built my website. So I decided to start a marketing company doing done for you marketing for other businesses. And so I moved across country and for three months I tried basically everything. Every day I would try something new. I did cold emails, door to door, cold calls, like everything. Uh, and it took me three months to get my first client. But once I did, then from there, I had learned enough of the skills to kind of, Understand the process, and so from there it was. Just, it moved pretty quickly. We got a lot of new clients, and then um, through that we learned a lot too. Because a lot of our clients were like running these really big advertising budget spends, so they'd be spending like ten thousand dollars a day on ads. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that helped us learn real quickly. Because <laughs> if someone's trusting you ten thousand dollars a day, you want to know what you're doing. So um that was really useful to get skilled and uh understand all the different areas of. Uh, client acquisition and then from there we basically transitioned because we found that with the done-for-you marketing if a business like most businesses think it's marketing that they think the problem is marketing when oftentimes it's their offer or their lead nurture that they, they don't know how to do sales or any number of factors and so we would be able to generate leads for a company uh, and then they wouldn't call the leads or the receptionists mm-hmm. would forget about the leads or like whatever problem there was they wouldn't get the result which was they actually one client's so we started teaching people how to build out the entire business in terms of like the lead generation, the lead nurture, conversion, delivery, retention. Um, and that's kind of where we focus on now is giving business owners skills to yeah, understand all of the pieces and understand that they all do come together. It's not just like spend more money on ads typically.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I definitely hear from people all the time that they're like, if I just had more people to talk to and really like you don't want to put, you know, leads into an A leaky bucket, like that's the worst way to, you know, have your ad spend or any investment on the front end go down the drain. So, in terms of the types of businesses that you typically work with, who is sort of your ideal client that you guys work with now?
2: Right now, it's uh, anyone who's selling what we would call high tickets. That would be something Mm -hmm. over two thousand dollars, which is typically going to be more like coaches or experts, uh, service providers, agencies. Um, but often like people hear like, oh, $2,000, I didn't charge that, uh, many times you could, but they're just not sure how, whether it just be a confidence thing or it comes down to like how they're saying what they do. Um, so yeah, typically any type of service, like their model can be retweaked or their offer can be packaged in a way that they can charge two, three, four, ten thousand $10,000. Um, so that's kind of who we focus on at the moment.
1: And so when you are working with those types of clients that have that or aspire to have that high-end offer, what are the components that you guys work with in terms of the marketing that you feel is essential on the front end of that?
2: So the offer, I think, would say, is the most important thing and getting mm-hmm. that right. And so most people like really get confused here, they think that they need a really broad market, they need a really big offer. But basically, like the broader the market, yes, there's more people you could talk to, but also there's more competition. Mm -hmm. And so if you're like, let's say for health, you're targeting weight loss. Yeah, there's a lot of people that might want weight loss, but there's also every other person that's selling weight loss in any other way that you need to compete with. Mm -hmm. So um, for your offer, we can break it down into your, your market. That's who you're helping. You've got the problem. That's like the problem they have. And then the solution, which is like what you help them achieve. Those things should be fairly narrow in terms of the scope, because when that happens, you can like speak to someone specifically um, and it doesn't need to be as much as like a demographic in terms of the market, like parents aged 25 to 50. Like it can be more like psychographic targeting, which is like what problem they have. So like Mm -hmm. I am, I have low energy and therefore I need to lose weight versus just, I'm a father who's 42 years old that needs to lose weight. Um, Mm -hmm. Once you kind of get that, then you can put messaging or marketing really anywhere because marketing at the end of the day is basically just the articulation of what you do. And so if what you do is not clear and concise and, you know, if it's not something people inherently want, then telling more people about that thing that no one wants is <laughs> probably not the answer. So yeah, most of the work comes from the offer primarily at the beginning.
1: I love how you're taking something that can be very confusing and it, it's like, you know, $5 words all over the place and you're really like bringing it down to really, really simplify what it is that you need to get right, because I think there's there's so much noise around that, and it's overwhelming as an entrepreneur, when especially in the health and fitness industry, where you're like, okay, this is my skill. Now I also got to be a marketer on top of this. Like it's a whole nother world of things that you're trying to figure out.
2: Yeah, I find most people like they take something that's simple and make it complicated. When mm-hmm. like ideally, we want to take something that seems complicated and make it as simple as possible. And so I spent mm. a lot of time thinking about like what. Is like the truth of this, that is fundamental core. And how can we like articulate that easily so that people understand? And that's what often happens. People are like, oh, I thought this was really complicated, but I just need these three things and it's simple.
1: So after you get the offer, you've said um, the market, the problem, the solution, and being specific in that so that you're not competing against all those other people that are focusing on just that big category of weight loss. What's the next thing that you have to get right?
2: So that's, so, so your offer, uh, sorry, the market, the problem and the solution, we would call it your messaging. And that's Mm -hmm. essentially the promise, what you do. Then from there, you've got your offer and that is like how you fulfill on that. So you can say, I'm going to make you lose five kilos in six weeks, but Mm -hmm. how are you actually achieving that? And so with your offer here, we want to be, so with the messaging, we want to be like narrow and concise with the offer. We want to be robust and broad because yeah, if I say I'm going to help you lose five kilos and all I do is give you a diet plan, well, that doesn't actually potentially do everything because it's like, what about your exercise? What about your sleep? What about your habits? What about your environment? What about uh, your stress levels? Like, So all these other things. So if you're being narrow with the problem that you're going to solve, rather than saying I'm going to help you lose five kilos, I could say I'm going to help you have better digestion. Then maybe a diet plan would be sufficient. Um, But if we're going with a big thing, like for us, we help people get clients. We can't just say, Run a Facebook ad, because it's like, where are we running the Facebook ad to? What are we saying in that ad? What happens once we get a lead? Like, what do we say then? Once we get someone on the call, what do we say then? So we need to like, cover all these things. Um, so yeah, having a smaller problem and then smaller promise makes the offer easier to fill on. And then once you've got that, then yeah, if the next step would probably be marketing, um, which we can talk about. But that's made much simpler when we know exactly like who we're talking to, what we're saying, um, what their problem is, and so now we know how to speak to them.
1: Mm. Okay, perfect. So I have an example. Let's run through this like really easy filter that you've sort of provided for us. So if we were going to be uh, the problem, um, well, so I know the offer for a sec here. So one thing that a lot of the coaches are, we're ramping up uh, next month to talk about uh, gut protocol. So that is the, um, the offer. And then it's going to come with a meal plan specifically. So if you were thinking about it from backing it out to your market, your problem and your solution, like how would you formulate? What would that sound like, I guess, if, if you were thinking about it like that?
2: So first of all, this is like we're doing it in reverse order. This is how people, they have a solution and then yep. they try to find a problem that solves the solution. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: not off to the greatest start, but <laughs> when we um, if you've got like the outcome, which is improved gut mm-hmm. health. You then can go and pull apart, like, what are all the benefits that someone's gonna get from that? So it could Mm -hmm. be increased energy, it could be better sleep, it could be less stress, it could be that just feel better. Like, there's probably 20 different benefits. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once you know the benefits, then that's, you can make that the solution to a problem. So it's like maybe it's uh, corporate executives who have low energy because of their poor gut health because they're eating like bad lunches each day. And so Mm -hmm. now the market could be corporate executives. The problem is low energy. And the solution is uh, improving your gut health. And so then that Mm -hmm. solution is for the problem and the problem is for the market.
1: Um, That makes sense. I just wanted to run through that because a lot of the coaches that I work with that are fitness and nutrition, they will have specific products that are already launching. So Mm -hmm. it's always this scenario of having to work backwards and run it through that filter, which obviously, if you are doing the research and you understand The problems that exist when you have that flexibility to come up with anything, it's obviously easier, but I I think they can also have additions to that, that um, like you said in your offer, making it robust, like that's where you can sort of put your own spin on it, right? Like gut protocol and having that nutrition component is one, but then there could be coaching. There could be these other things they could add to it, depending on the problems that they're seeing out there that people say they're struggling with.
2: Yeah, I think the best way to think about it is like no one wants gut health. Like they want gut health (laughs) because of something. Like I have Mm -hmm. poor gut health, which is causing a problem. And so Mm -hmm. why do I want gut health to solve a problem? It's not just like people don't want, yeah, gut health or coaching or mindset, like they want an outcome. And so if we can figure out what problems this thing can solve, then we can figure out like what problems people have. And then going to your next point of if we want to make it robust, if the promise is going to be increase energy then we could say okay well with this diet they can improve gut health which can increase energy but then like what are the other potential roadblocks someone might have that could stop them from achieving that outcome um so we could look at like well if we want to increase their energy we've got their diet maybe we should give them a pdf that helps them fall asleep faster so now they've better sleep or maybe we could yeah. give them a morning routine to kind of wake up with a bit more energy and so yeah just thinking about if we know the the problem which is their current situation, then the outcome, which is the, where they want to be, what are the roadblocks? Um, and these could be real roadblocks or perceived roadblocks. So one could be like, well, what if I can't stick to a diet? Then you could break that down and be like, the three ways to make sure you stick to the diet, no matter what. Like, and then that's just going to help people achieve the outcome because the validity of an offer is its ability to do what it says it will do. It's not mm-hmm. like how good the diet plan is. And so if we're saying we're going to help people with increased energy, like how close to perfect can we be with that?
1: If you were going to dive in and geek out on the research and try to put these pieces together to confirm your understanding, what are your top three methods that you would go in and confirm this is actually the problem?
2: So first we'll start with a list of like the possible outcomes that, that this thing can achieve, mm-hmm. um, then go and based on those outcomes, we can reverse engineer the problem. So if it increases energy, then the problem would be low energy. Um, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. from there we can think about who would be suffering from low energy Um, and then we can go and like talk to those people is probably the easiest way Um, and just say hey do you have low energy yes do would you want to increase your energy yes would you want to increase your energy by improving your gut health if like you get three yeses yeah then you have proof of concept um, and then Mm -hmm. you know that people yeah want it Um, if you want to get like technical there's what we like to do, uh, we have an email list, so this is easier, but uh, if you don't have an email list, what you can do is just run like a very basic Facebook ad and just mm-hmm. test different headlines. So mm-hmm. do a real basic image and make like five different headlines. And one could say like, want to increase your energy or are you a this market looking to increase energy? Click here. And then do a different one that says are you are this type of market who's looking to get better sleep, click here. And so you can like split test these things and run them for a few dollars a day. And you'll be able to see based on the click-through rate what uh, hook or message is getting the best response Mm -hmm. if you don't actually want to go and talk to people, which some people (laughs) don't like to do.
1: (laughs) I'm all about the quick and easy way. I love testing headlines. It's such an easy way to see what's actually working. Like, yeah. And it's always surprising. I always find like the thing that I thought was going to work is like not not what works.
2: Yeah. yeah. Whenever we run out and we're confident in it, we're like... (laughs) Probably not going to work. And everything yeah. that's not going to do well, it's always the opposite.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, that's awesome. So, actually, I have one more question about this initial stage. And it is so, are you familiar with the term your big idea?
2: Uh, I've never heard that specifically, but I'm assuming it's got to do with like your big idea, what you do.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, this is something that sometimes I think, I know for me, it like racks my brain. First, let me explain what I take as big idea. So Keith Krantz talks a lot about making sure that you have this this big idea and it's how all your hooks anchor in to help get that message across and hook people into like this big idea. So the example would be Keith Krantz's big idea is to have one everlasting ad that you never have to refresh and that's like your golden ticket. Um, Alex Hermosi, another one, his big idea is I'm going to help you make your last dollar. So you don't, you don't have to make any more money. So Mm -hmm. like they have these like big ideas that you're like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. I want to be on board with that. So I'm curious, like what in your agency, what is your big idea and how did you guys really solidify that and come up with that?
2: Yeah. Awesome. Um, So the main, like our, I guess, big idea would be uh, helping business owners grow. And that was a a transformation from what it originally was, which was basically helping businesses grow. Um, Because what we learned is that if you can change the business owner, the business will grow. If you just focus on growing the business, the business probably won't grow because the business owner, who's the one growing the business, (laughs) hasn't grown. Mm -hmm. And so we are increasingly focusing more on like behavior and habits and uh, getting that person to become the person that's required to achieve what they want um, and deserve what they want versus just like what most people want is a strategy. They want like, what's mm-hmm. the button I can click to make a million dollars. And it's like, mm-hmm. that button doesn't exist. And if it did like you probably won't click it anyway, because like you don't have the right behaviors. And so, yeah, we focus more and more. Cause like, if I think about it, if there was one thing I could do for someone like a business owner, it would not be to give them a great strategy. Like if I knew a Mm -hmm. secret strategy that like you click a button and every time you make a thousand dollars, I would not teach you that. I'd rather change your behavior because one day that's going to stop working. If I can Mm -hmm. change your behavior, then you're going to figure out a way no matter what forever.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And so Mm
2: -hmm. that's our main focus is, yeah, can we change this person so that they can uh, become self-sufficient in their own behaviors and beliefs and confidence and character traits so that no matter what happens, because things will always change, strategies will always change. Like. Every platform is going to be different from five years from now, so learning that inside out is not very useful. But if you can learn how to take Mm -hmm. yourself and do what's required, and learn and trust yourself to do that process, then yeah, you're going to be much better off long term, and not just in business, in everything you do.
1: Absolutely. And so, can you you said it quickly there at the beginning? I wanted to make sure I got it because it sounded a bit different. So, what is the big idea? Can you say share it one more time?
2: Uh, Helping, well, yeah, helping business owners grow.
1: Got it. Okay, cool. Mm. And so what brought you guys, like, obviously, the idea behind your big idea is very different than most marketing companies, like helping that person evolve and change and become this person that they need to become. So where did that idea come from?
2: Uh, I think it just came from like studying the appliance in the market and seeing what's mm. happened. Like, because going back to when I started, um, I mentioned that I tried to start businesses in the past and mm-hmm. they weren't successful. And one day I read this quote by Charlie Monger, who's Warren Buffett's business partner. Um, mm-hmm. And it's to get what you want, you must deserve what you want. And mm-hmm. when I like read that, it really hit me because it was like, I said I wanted to be a successful business owner, but I mean, most of my time I was either working out or hanging out with friends because I, like, I didn't really deserve it. And so mm-hmm. when I started my uh, marketing business I moved across the country and I was like I'm going to make sure I deserve this and so I basically wrote down like um I, like this isn't what I would suggest people do but at the time I was like okay if the average person makes $50,000 a year and my goal is to make $100,000 a year which was the goal at the time and the average person works 40 hours a week then to deserve double that I need to work 80 hours a week double and so okay. every day I would be like okay that's average 12 hours a day so I'd be I'd like, all right how many hours did I do today Like three. Okay, well, let's try again tomorrow. And like, I just did this process of like trying to deserve it. Um, And Mm -hmm. it it worked basically. It completely changed my behavior. Not to say that you need to work 12 hours a day to have a successful business, but just the idea of like, if you understand that, that concept, and if that concept is true to get what I want, I must deserve what I want. If something's not working, it makes the entire process not easy, but simple, right? Like if, if you're trying to grow and you can't, and you frame it as, well, I don't deserve to be making X amount of dollars. Then you know what to do. Like, well, let's make sure we deserve it. Let's improve our product. Let's like improve like what we're doing, our delivery. Versus if you're just like, well, this strategy is not working. Let me try something else. Like you're never going to really solve the problem. Um, and so we noticed this a lot with our clients. They would like come in and be like, it's not working. It's like, okay, well, like how, how long have you tried it? Like are you, how long are you spending each day on it? And like, oh, like 10 minutes last week. It's like, okay, the, the way I like to think about it is like, if, if you, let's say you want to run a marathon and so you're like, you got the best strategy, you got the best diet plan, the best supplements, the best everything. And then you get that plan you're like, oh yeah, but I only want to run five minutes a day. It's like, you're probably not going to win the marathon. Whereas if you just ran daily, then you would have a much better chance. And so it's, it's the behaviors that determine the outcome. Um, and if we can change those people's behaviors, then they'll get the outcome regardless if they have the best strategy to do it.
1: Hey, social sellers. I've got something I'm super stoked to get in your hands. First, did you join your company and start reaching out to all your friends and family only to get ghosted over and over? If you've ever had to chase someone down on the internet, you know it's super hard work and it can feel so awkward. And not just awkward for you, but most of the time, the person on the receiving end gets put in an uncomfortable position too. I hate to break it to you, but unless you're a superstar salesperson, right off the bat, you're going to struggle forever if you keep doing it that way. There's a reason they say you can't be a profit in your own town. And that's why 99% of social sellers quit. But those 1% made it because they've caught on to a different system that's been proven to work no one really seems to talk about it, which is why I decided to lay it all out for you in a brand new, easy to read book called Celebrity Magnetism. Go to ashleyshaw.ca slash celebrity magnetism to learn more and see what I'm talking about. You don't have to hunt people down to get your bills paid for the rest of your life. Check out my short book called Celebrity Magnetism and break down an entirely different approach that will simplify everything. That's ashleyshaw.ca slash Celebrity magnetism. I'm so excited for you to start implementing it and see your business transform. Yeah, super cool. Okay, awesome. Thanks for sharing that. It. What is interesting about that is, as I've been learning more about coming up with this big idea and where that really formulates from, one of the things that Keith Krantz does talk about is like consuming articles and resources and material and. You let it sit with your subconscious, and then eventually, it something bubbles up that starts this big idea, which is exactly how you had described it, right? Like reading this one quote that was like, "Okay, that's it. That's what we do, and that's how we're we're gonna be able to help people." So it's super cool to see that, like, in action how that happened.
2: Yeah, when I read that, it was like one of those moments where it's like the timing just felt right. Like you read 100 mm-hmm. quotes a day, but that was like, oh, that like hit me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about, so we talked about offer. The next step you said was market, right? Marketing, I think.
2: Yeah. I mean, the way we teach it is first, we teach sales just because like if you Mm -hmm. are selling high ticket, you can get a lot of leads and conversations, but if you don't know what to do from there, then it's wasted. Um, Mm -hmm. But provided you know that, then it would be going to marketing.
1: Okay. Let's touch on sales then first. So what do you think are the most important components, at least that you guys teach and work with to make sure that your clients understand?
2: So the biggest thing we focus on is getting them to understand like what they're actually trying to do and then the mechanism in which they're doing that. And so like that's a sales script is the mechanism. Um, but the outcome is not to read the script or ask all the questions. What we're trying to do is um, there's three things we need to do. Number one is make sure that the prospect wants to solve the problem and that mm-hmm. should nearly always be true provided you're talking to the right people. Number two is that they believe that solving the problem, i oh, sorry, they believe that your solution will solve the problem for them. So mm-hmm. not just like uh, if we have a diet plan that helps with digestion, I don't just need to believe that that can help digestion. I need to believe that it can help digestion for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number three is that the value of solving that problem outweighs the cost.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so if we have those three things, then we will, like the sale will be made every time. The way we get mm-hmm. to that is by asking questions on the script. And so mm-hmm. um, the sales process is, yes, we're asking questions to basically achieve that outcome. But if we understand that that's what we're trying to do, then it's not just like, okay, I read this question next. It's like we're asking these questions to uncover things so that we can then make sure that this is true.
1: Mm-hmm. So the majority of the sales that when you guys are working with your clients, it's going to be a one-on-one scenario that you're able to dig into these questions and get that full confirmation before moving on to the next one
2: in terms of yeah so the sales process we teach is a sales call um mm-hmm. and so yeah we basically say jump on a call we'll help you figure out like where you are and if we can help and if mm-hmm. we can then we go through that and so if for number one like do they want to solve a problem they probably won't be on the call if they didn't for number two okay. do they believe that um your offer will solve the problem for them that comes from like understanding their current situation and customizing it a little bit. So we can say, Oh, you know, you told me that you've been waking up with low energy. Um, and you also told me that for lunch every day you get, you know, KFC. So the reason that you've got low energy is because of the KFC. And so what we're going to do is have this diet plan where instead of uh, having KFC, when you have those cravings, you're going to be able to do this. And so it's like, it's tailoring it to them. And when that happens, they believe like, oh, okay, this will work for me. Cause you're not just saying we've got this diet plan and it will give you energy. It's like Here's what you're doing and here's how we can change that to get the result you want. Um, and then the third one is, do they believe the value outweighs the cost? That just comes from helping them realize that if they solve this problem, how will that affect other things? So it's not just like, it's not just going to give you energy. If you have more energy, maybe you show up to work better and you get a promotion. Maybe your relationships are better because you're more focused. Maybe like, yeah, all these other areas. And so the more of those other areas we can kind of build out, then the more value or perceived value of this problem or solving this problem, And then therefore, the value of solving problem will outweigh the cost.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. Um, Yeah, that completely makes sense. So then after they're trained up on that component, the sales call, the next step is marketing. Yes. Okay. What goes into that?
2: Um, So we focus on like online social media. And that's probably where like, that's probably the best place for most people to start Um, in terms of like what to do we recommend like one platform to start. Um, mm-hmm. So not like every platform everywhere posts a hundred times a day. Like some people say, um, not that that can't be useful, but if you're starting out, you probably don't have the time. Um, and again, this goes back to like strategy versus skill. When you're starting anything, you probably don't have the skill to make it super effective. Um, and so you want to like just improve that. It's like, if you were to go and sit down at a piano, you're not going to be able to play an awesome song because you don't have the skill. Um, and so that comes from developing it and so if you focus on one thing you can get better at it and so uh, essentially what we want to do is have your profile set up in a way that's very clear what you do and who you help what we found is a lot of the resistance around doing any sort of marketing especially if it's more organic um people don't like it because i think what a lot of people have done in the past is they'll try to start a conversation as a friend and then they'll try and sell you something and it feels like slimy or uncomfortable Mm -hmm. whereas if you um have your profile set up and basically say like, here's who I help, here's what I do. When people get that, they can instantly decide like, okay, this person can help me or this person can't. And then from Mm -hmm. there, they can either follow you or engage or not. So it's like Mm -hmm. fully transparent in that sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once they have basically set that up, then the process is like, there's five steps. Number one, we get attention. So that could be through a post or um, running an ad. From attention, we have interaction. And that could be someone clicking on the ad or liking a post or commenting and following Then from Mm -hmm. interaction, we have a conversation. Um, And so that's basically like, hey, thanks for liking my posts. Um, For example, I have some other trainings that may be helpful. Uh, Is it cool if I ask you a couple of questions to see what one's going to be best? Once they say yes, now now we've engaged in the conversation. Then -hmm. from the conversation, we can ask some qualifying questions. And if it's a good fit, we can get on the call. And then from the call, that's the sales process. And we can move them into a sale or a client. That's kind of high level. I can dive into those steps more if you like.
1: Yeah, no, that completely makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of um, my listeners will be very comfortable with that, with those stages. We talk a lot about that. Have you heard of Ryan Dice, digital marketer? Yeah. Yeah. So that concept of awareness, engagement, and then like subscribe, but depending on where the conversation could be happening, like if you are messaging them and having that conversation there, but it's all about that approach like I like how <laughs> there's I guess there's a lot of um, confusion out there for people in this industry that try to strike up a conversation um, that really feels inauthentic and that's where you know it can be difficult to know what to do because you know there's a lot of bad scripts floating out there. So what do you think knowing that you have a you know background in psychology and behaviors and this is part of what you do? What is the best way to make sure that conversation starts to feel authentic and not just like a sales interaction?
2: So first of all, I think it's like, it needs to be clear from the start that it is moving towards that direction, mm-hmm. right? Like if, by like having just, that in
1: your profile, like what you do yes. and how you help yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: Cause it's like, you're talking to someone for like 20 interactions and all of a <laughs> sudden they like give you a pitch. You're going to like freak out.
1: Uh, um, yeah.
2: <laughs> so. Uh, you want to, first of all, like know who am I trying to talk to? And then from there, asking questions that are like, you genuinely care. Like you're not just asking, again, just like the sales scripts. Like you're not just asking mm-hmm. questions because they're on a script. You want to ask questions and um based on their answers, like give them guidance and feedback and acknowledgement. And then if they can help and only, oh, sorry, if you can help and only if you can help, um then move to the next step. And to get someone from every kind of step, you... Want to position the next step as value. So, if um, so, what we'll do is like if someone follows us, for example, we could say something like, "Oh, you know, I want to make sure that you get a piece of free training. Um, is it okay if I ask you a couple of questions about your business to see like what training would be best?" And so, like they say yes because there's value. Then we can ask some questions, we can send them a training, and then from there, like, well, look, here's this training, but uh, if you want to learn more, we can jump on a call and kind of map out a strategy and get more clarity than just like this generic training. Does that sound good? And it's like, yes. And so like there's value at every step um, yeah. so that, yeah, there's an actual benefit for this person because no one's going to do anything if they don't see some sort of value or benefit in doing that.
1: Yeah. It's like an emotional bank account. Like at least <laughs> if there's value in exchange, it doesn't feel weird. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. if you're just coming at people in a different way without that value.
2: Yeah. And that value typically always comes first, right? Like you might do your post and people got value and so they engage in it. And so like, then you can start the conversation. um, And then they like, then you'll send them more value in terms of like a training or a PDF or just some Mm. advice. Um, Mm. And so, yeah, that value needs to be at every step.
1: That's an interesting distinction because I think there's a lot of coaches out there that are taught that if anybody engages with any piece of content, like you're walking your dog or, and you see like people are viewing that story, it's like, yeah, reach out to them. And it's like, it's different if it's a valuable piece of content and like you're leading with that. So what are your thoughts on that differentiation there?
2: Yeah. I think like it depends. I mean, I understand why people do it. Um, you can kind of look at this, like you've got really warm prospects. War- sorry, really hot prospects, warm and then cold. Mm-hmm. Ideally, if you're, if what you're saying is good enough and, and you're doing it well enough, everyone's going to be here. So you might do posts and everyone's loving it. And then you've got like all these people that are like really into what you do. Um, if you are just starting out, you might not have that. And so then you want to go to warmer, but you definitely want some sort of like, what would the word be? Like reciprocation in terms of, you know, just like going out and talking to strangers completely. Um, and if you are, then again, you want to make it very clear what you're doing. So it's like, here's exactly who I help. Is this you? Um, and then that person can decide like, oh, there is actually going to be value in this interaction because I can see exactly who this person is. You're not just like, yeah, trying to pretend to be their friend. <laughs> And then like change it into a pitch. It's like, here's what I help. Yeah. Is this you? They can be like, yes, that is me. Um, and the way I like to think about that, because like there is situations when I think like doing a cold outbound message would be useful. Um, imagine like you have something and someone, de- imagine you have the problem right now and you're like, oh, I just want to solve this problem. If someone who could solve that problem messaged you and was like, hey, do you have this problem? i solve it. You're going to look at that as like, yes, this is exactly what I need. Um, and but that can only happen if it's very clear what the person is doing and so Mm -hmm. if you are going to use that approach then yeah having that clarity and transparency and here's who I help here's how I help them is that you then you can actually be seen as like oh this was perfect timing versus like you're annoying go away
1: so do you have an example of where that could happen uh, like authentically in sort of an example so if you were a like how do you, I guess the real question I'm asking is how do you do that without offending somebody? <laughs> if you're in like the nutrition weight loss, like, how do you do that? What is a, um, a scenario that that would make sense to do that?
2: In the nutrition weight loss space. Um, well, we might say someone, I mean, some people will ask questions. So if you're like observant mm-hmm. with your profiles, like, and this again, cause that's like not just being a robot and spamming people, mm-hmm. if someone's like yeah. asking questions and Maybe they're posting about like our oh, first day working out today, or does anyone know any good diet plans? Like, if you pay attention to those people, you'll be able to see that like they have a problem um, with some ser- certain thing, and then you can position yourself as a solution. Like, hey, so you were wondering about diet plans? Um, I help people with diet plans. Uh, would you be happy if I gave you some guidance? They're like, yeah, sure. There's it value. It's like, cool. Is there? I right have I ask you a couple of questions to make sure that I can like customize that guidance for you like, yeah, sure. So then like that is, it's a cold, random person messaging you, but it's done in a way that's not like uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Thank you for explaining that. Cause I do think it makes a big difference. Just sometimes there's a game of telephone, you know, with scripts where things get passed down and then the context of like how to actually apply that and make it not feel like, you know, when you're in the, the gym and someone closes the door behind you and locks the door like to do their sales pitch, like there's definitely um, a differentiation. So uh, that example of like, okay, they're, they're participating, they're putting their hand up. It's not just somebody that's like totally out in left field and like no engagement in, you know, what you're doing, or they're not posting anything about the, you know, problems they potentially have. So that makes, that makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah. And the um, reason that that's like, just real quick on that, like the reason that that's not not just that it's not important for the person, which it is, but mm-hmm. the on any social platform, you you have a limited number of messages or requests you can send each day, and then yeah. you've got like you could go on a scale of completely customized, like 100% customized to zero percent customized. That's going to determine your response rate, and so it's not just like for those of you that are like, well, I just want to, like do volume and spam, like get as much as I can. If you're doing that approach, like first of all, you are going to reach a limit. That might be 50 a day or like whatever it is. Um, And then your response for that is going to be very low. And so this isn't just a better way to do it. It's like if you want to get good results, you almost have to because you only have so many shots you can take each day. Um, Mm -hmm. You should Mm -hmm. probably try and make them like as tailored and customized as possible to increase the likelihood the person responds. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good point for sure. Uh, And so my last question is just around marketing and obviously you guys run a lot of ad accounts you know what's working you're in the know with that so what are the things and i know obviously like it's going to be a little bit different for every you know uh, coach out there but what are some of the trends you guys are seeing in advertising right now
2: uh so one that's like real interesting um we went down the route of like running a lot of money on ads and really becoming obsessed with like optimizing funnels. And I did this for like, years. Like we would spend a lot of money and like literally optimize every single page, like split test everything um, to make these funnels that would be really high converting. And what I realized after too long, I would say, um, is that like the goal of advertising for like us, we're trying to get someone to get on a call, but a call is a conversation essentially. And so what we were doing was we were building, and this is still what a lot of people do. They build out all these funnels. We have all these steps. And it's basically taking someone from an ad to step one, to step two, to step three, to step so And the last step is a conversation. Whereas if you just like run an ad to start the conversation, you can actually bypass all those steps. And it's way simpler. It costs way less. And it's uh, very useful now because obviously like one big thing that is going on with uh, ads is like tracking's basically not amazing. Um, and that mm-hmm. comes from like sending people to other places. Um, and so like the old, a really old common funnel was like a webinar funnel. Um, if you're running that now that like, your tracking is going to be like probably non-existent. Um, but again, it's like all these steps, you're saying someone says page and then they find a the time, then they like register for the webinar. Then there's a waiting room. Then there's a webinar. And then from there you get them on the conversation. Well, you can actually just run an ad to get someone to start a conversation. Um, and by doing that, you keep them on the platform, and so the tracking's 100%. It's accurate because um, if you like run an ad for someone to start a conversation with you on Facebook, and the conversation is on Facebook, Facebook's going to know if that happened. So you can have accurate tracking. It costs less, um, and the long-term benefit of that, which is kind of going to a question of like where's it going, is that it's accumulative. Um, if you can, like, if you run an ad, as soon as you turn that ad off, like, there's no more ad as, as soon as you stop paying uh, mm-hmm. but if you run an ad to start a conversation that the person maybe follows you and like engages with you and then they're going to be there for life assuming that you like don't annoy them with too much content um, mm-hmm. so by doing that like the way I used to think about ads was as you grow you should spend more like the more you spend the better you are mm-hmm. but if we kind of reverse it to, like if we can spend ads to get someone into our ecosystem and then let's say there's our audience is a million people. If every day we're getting a thousand people in that ecosystem through ads, then the market that we need to advertise to is getting smaller and smaller and smaller each day. And so as we get better, realistically, the amount we need to spend on ads should get less because we don't need to target these people anymore because they're already here. Um, And so that's kind of what we're thinking about, like moving forward, how to build something that gets better with time, not worse, That is like value-driven um, and yeah, is kind of mitigating all the headaches of ads traditionally in terms of funnels. Let's say that they're not still useful, but for the most part, that's kind of what we're thinking about.
1: I'm just going to say it because it's coming to my head. Like that feels like another big idea in there because it's like very, um, it's a contrasting statement for sure. Cause like, I know we were last year probably spending like 30 to 40,000 a month in ads. And it was like, okay, like, how do we ramp up? How do we do more? You know, like, you're always just looking at that ticker of like, how do you spend more? Um, mm-hmm. But that really flips it on its head. Like, well, if you're efficient, you actually spend less. Like, so it's a very, that's a very cool, big idea as well, layered in there.
2: Yeah, I only kind of realized that quite recently. But mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, like, we've had the wrong goal. <laughs> like,
1: mm-hmm. it shouldn't
2: be to spend more. It should be to spend less and ideally- one day not need to spend anything
1: yeah like I feel like that's your big idea (laughs) one of them anyway like you know with your goal should be to spend less on ads not more
2: yeah so simple
1: so stands out yeah
2: yeah we're we're testing quite a few things with that at the moment um Mm -hmm. and like refining it and then yeah we'll be like teaching it too but that's definitely it just it's so simple but it's not because no one really thinks about it. And like, I'm just as bad. I was like probably the worst offender of spend more.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think, well, I think when you get in that space, it just feels like, you know, there's sort of power behind spend or at least Mm -hmm. it feels like that. Right. Like that. Oh, I'm more, I don't know. Like you spend more, you just, you do maybe psychologically, you just feel like you're more powerful. I'm sure there's something tied to that.
2: Yeah. But if that creates like we're we're in Australia and the, um, like, our, we target business owners in Australia. And so, mm-hmm. Australia's only got, like, 22 million people, give mm-hmm. or take. And business owners probably only, like, I don't know, five, six, if that, million. And mm-hmm. we were getting, like, like three or four million impressions a month. Um, we are spending, like, $5,000 a day. And it's, like, <laughs> that's a lot of people seeing what we're saying. And, like, how many times they need to see the, the same thing before they're, like, either going to click or not. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, so it like starts to break at scale and then, yeah, but this way it seems way more sustainable.
1: Yeah. Cutting out all those steps in between. Mm. Super interesting. Um, Well, I really appreciate all your insight and all the golden nuggets that you shared today, Connor, where can people uh, find you and follow you and learn more?
2: Uh, The platform I'm most active on is Instagram. So my Name is Connor underscore Marriott, or you can go to find me on Instagram.com and it will redirect to my profile.
1: Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much again. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, looking forward to having you uh, back as a guest in the future.
2: Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it.
1: Thanks for taking the time to level up today. If you're ready to commit to personal and professional growth, move forward, make money, and grow your health and fitness business, head to my free community on Facebook, Business Bootcamp for Fitness Coaches, so I can support you every step along the way. Thank you so much for tuning in today and we'll see you right back here next week on Social Selling Simplified.